Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. What dreams do you have for your business? To make more money, to have better clients and better projects, to grow your staff, to diversify into other areas? Whatever your dream, how will you make it come true? It takes planning and then acting and following through on those plans. Today, we're talking to our friend and interior designer, Cody Beal. Cody is the owner of Cody Beal Interior Design, a luxury design firm based in Salt Lake City with a unique perspective. Through this perspective, the firm's philosophy is spaces are transformed through well-thought-out intentional planning to reflect individual lifestyles. Cody Beal Interior Design delivers spaces of refuge, beauty, and a touch of indulgence that translate into overall well-being and better living. Cody's personal perspective has become honed through the lens of time and 23 years of experience. Being brought up in a rural part of the West, Cody recalls the awe and inspiration of the nature around him. Raised in the family business of construction, Cody was also surrounded by creative family members who helped cultivate his interests in art, culture, and craftsmanship. This is what Cody describes as the ideal upbringing for the designer he is today. Cody's married to Todd, and they have a son, Matthew, who's 15, and a standard poodle named Jet. Outside of design, Cody likes to cook and entertain family and friends, travel to Europe, mountain bike, hike, and when he finds time, read a good book. Cody, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Aaron and I have had such a great time getting to know you in the last, gosh, it's about a year and a half now. Yeah, year and a half. Yeah. I remember that the first time that you came to one of our events, you did our Operation Ignite. And then you came to a challenge that I think you did at least one challenge with us. And then the next thing I, you know, you jumped right in with both feet into our program. So thank you for that. We have just totally enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you for um, putting those on. It really did come at a timely um, time in not only my career, but in what was going on in the world with the pandemic and um, all that we've had to deal with. Operation Ignite, I feel like really was a pivotal point for me and for my company. So thank you and Aaron for all the thought and planning and foresight to help us and help me and my team pivot to survive. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Because I think back on that, it's hard to believe that it's been, it'll be two years before we know it. Um, and, And I would share very honestly that we were just as scared as everybody else about what was happening. And even today, I have just in the last couple of days have heard of three people that have had COVID, including a client. And it's just been a challenging time for everyone. And it's not just that business has changed, but it's also our attitude about life and about uh, health and all of those other things have changed as well. So what has changed for you with that? 
a lot. And, and it, it probably started with my VIP and really digging into those values and having to think about the values in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and just taking the time to evaluate what matters in life and uh, where do we want to spend our time as professionals, as um, individuals, as husbands, as wives, as clients, as designers. So a lot of it for me, the change was just going a little deeper inside, finding out mm-hmm. who Cody was, who Cody Beale Interiors could be and become, and who building our culture. So for me, it's become a time of reflection and deeper thought. Mm. Is the, the biggest challenge you, that you've overcome is that from the COVID period, or what else would be your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge probably is integrating these processes in a timely manner. It's not the integration itself. It's getting them integrated to a point that actually works. And what I mean by that is they work immediately, but to really see the benefit of changing your company and putting the rudder in the water, if you will, and turning and seeing how that can benefit you takes a little time. Mm -hmm. So I think through the pandemic for me, it's seeing that hard things are possible. We do hard that we can slow down, take a breath, reevaluate, and implement things that we have to have the faith and foresight to go move forward with. And then that will, in the end, serve us better. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's implementing those things and having the faith they're going to work out. Well, you de- definitely have jumped in with both feet on everything and have done a great job. I remember this summer we had a conversation and you had had the hardest day Do you remember that? I do. (laughs) Yes. You had had very little sleep. You had been working really, really, really late. And then we had a review of where you were compared to the year prior. Do you remember a little bit about that? Oh, vividly. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not a day I'll forget. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's kind of interesting going through VIP and actually, you know, doing the changes. And I, I committed early on to do it fully, not take what I wanted or what I thought, but to do really have that um, faith that, hey, this is, this is what we need to do. And some things were really hard. And mm-hmm. other things that I did plan on happened that were really hard that are both personal and professional. Mm-hmm. But it became very emotional for me. I mean, I, I cried when I saw the actual numbers because we learned to read the numbers and see the numbers. But then I saw that for the first time, all packaged together, how well you do that for us. And it just really touched me that, wow, it it does work. It really works. Mm -hmm. Just jump in and do the work and it will work. Well, I remember you saying, I never thought I would earn that much money. Money wasn't something I was raised with. Mm -hmm. And so there was kind of, you know, some programming around money that, you know, about how much money to have and if it was a good thing, a bad thing. And I, I, I admit, I had a lot of shame around making money or I, a, a feeling of self-worth. I was not worth making and charging these big numbers. And that, you know, I had a real struggle with that personally about what to do about money. And going through the course and kind of realizing, no, I am worth it. And I do have experience and I bring value and beauty to people's lives. And that needs to be valued, not only verbally, but monetarily and, you know, acknowledged in the world. One of the bigger things for me and money is kind of figuring out that relationship and that it's okay to make money and spend money. And it doesn't control my life, but it is, you know, something I've had to learn how to handle. 
Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's something like it was an aha factor and you were just able to roll with it once you realized it was happening or is it something that you actually have to consciously work on? It is. It's, it's both. Um, and I know that's kind of a weird answer, but, but seeing the numbers, I was always like, well, that's not me. It's kind of like my meme making the money and the company is doing well. And, um, but I'm very conservative fiscally and wanted to make sure I was making the right decisions. And I do feel the weight of responsibility when I hire someone for their livelihood and their family's livelihood. And I don't want to take that lightly ever. And so that was a heavy burden that was like, okay, I need a cushion. I need to build a cushion. I need to, you know, but didn't know really what I was looking at until I met you both and went through the VIP and really started to understand the numbers and apply them. And so it's a conscious effort now to look at that and be okay with it or not okay and fix something because the numbers really do tell you what's going on. But it was an aha moment in, oh, well, I can steer this. I'm in charge of all of this. And it's not just um, something that's happenstance like it was in the past. We all grow organically. And it got to a point where we were doing so well organically, I needed to (laughs) trim the garden and weed it out. And so that's kind of what happened is that it was a aha moment of I'm in charge fully. I know that might sound weird to some, but when you really do assert your stewardship over the funds and over the um, budgets and start to steer things, that's when I think you can really start to grow and take on the clients that you want to take. That is such an important thing for you to realize, too, is to get to that point where you say, I get to have a choice in who I work with and I get to enjoy the fruits of my labors. And it's there's nothing wrong with earning money. I was actually a guest on a podcast this morning and we had the same conversation about the fact that the mindset around money and the fact that you are worthy of being paid well because you have a talent that not everybody else has. And so therefore you should be paid for that. Um, In the end, I think it takes away that feeling or that stigma or that shame around money, which is sad that people feel that way. But if you can switch it to thinking, I'm able to make a great living at this so that I can employ others, take care of my family and give back to the world. And then all of a sudden, it's not so much about just numbers. It's really about what the benefit of those numbers are for you. Absolutely, Gail. And the, one of the first questions you asked me, I don't know if you remember, is what do you want to do? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? Mm-hmm. And that really hit me because we all have dreams, but are they just dreams or are they plans? And how do we turn those into plans? Mm-hmm. And how do, we, how do we achieve those? And that's really what that VIP course did for me is to help put that into action and say, oh, okay, I do need to charge a little more and move some things around and make this work for me because I'm, it's important that I'm happy. It's important that when I'm happy, my spouse is happy, my kid is happy, you know, my employees are happy, the clients, it just radiates from the inside out. So having that feeling of, yes, I am worth what I charge, regardless of what others think or say, because there is that other part where, you know, the word greed comes up and it's like, well, let's, let's have a conversation around money and what it means and, you know, how that all works together to better yourself and better others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we all have something around money that we either grew up with or we grew up without. And, you know, it's ingrained in us in a different way of how we 
accept money, how we make it, how we appreciate it. Um, it's just so interesting to, to look at that for each individual. And I, I know that that's not the easiest thing to talk about for some people, but we appreciate you sharing for sure. No problem. Well, and I, I always believe in a law of abundance versus scarcity mm-hmm. and the same with money. And I knew early on in my firm, I didn't want money to be the controlling factor. Um, and what I meant by that was I was, I'd always make sure we made a profit. It, sometimes it was modest. Sometimes we broke even. And, you know, that was okay for a while for me. But then I plateaued and started to become unhappy. And that's when I was like, there's something more to this. I need a, I need a coach. I need to reach out and see if someone can help me see the, what I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. And what that was, was to be okay with a charging what I'm worth and make a decent profit and not apologetic about it. And if it didn't work for the client, then we just part ways. You know, we're up against so much with the internet and Amazon and, uh, you know, with so many ways consumers can consume right now. But the value in what we do is the value. It's the service that we bring. It's our heart. It's our soul. It's our artistic mind in combination with, you know, the, the money and the charging and, and, and making a living. And so I've always believed if you work hard and you, really do a great service and you charge adequately, I'll add that now, um, you'll be okay. You'll make it. Mm -hmm. How has it changed the relationship with your employees since you've gone through this shift in the program? It was kind of interesting. I think they were very nervous that I was hiring a coach, Um, (laughs) you know, and I disappear for three days and they're like, well, (laughs) what? And I just, I sat them down and I said, it's like going to the doctor when you're sick or, reaching out for help. My eyes have been open to a better way and I want to implement as much of this as I possibly can as soon as I can. And I want you to be part of it. And I just sat down and told every one of them how grateful I was that they worked for me and that I wanted them to be the best human being they possibly could be inside and outside of my office. Mm -hmm. And that I would do everything I could to support them financially, spiritually, and as a friend and as a boss to move them forward. And I think that really helped them be on board with processes and telling clients no and dealing with hard things. Because at the end of the day, it is about relationships. It's about our heart. It's about how we treat each other. I was, you know, everybody's raised with the golden rule, but that's kind of where I live is the golden rule. And I want to be treated well. So I want to treat others well. Um, It doesn't mean you'll always be treated well, but that you still put that energy out into the world. So getting them on board was easy once they understood my intention. And my intention was their best interests at my heart. That is so important. And it's part of that vision and the personality and the values that you talked about earlier that we certainly focus on. To me, if you have that in the right place and you're authentic to yourself, then you're going to attract those right people for your team. You're going to attract the right clients for yourself and just the right opportunities come along. I think that's part of just that mindset that has to be attached to what those values are all about. So tell me a little bit more about your culture um, in your office, because I, I haven't gotten to go to your office yet. I've gotten to meet a few of your employees. And tell me about your culture. Um, how do you keep the culture top of mind? Um, how do you keep everybody really ignited and excited about that? Um, I, I hadn't really paid attention to this prior to 
meeting you both. And <laughs> we definitely, we definitely have a culture and I would say it's uh, friendly. It's inviting. Every time I walk in the door, I yell hello. And is everybody alive up there? Are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> Just to kind of get the temperature and to, you know, help people realize, that, you know, I value them being in the office and seeing their faces and that they've, you know, whatever we had to deal to get into the office today anymore, that's a big thing. But I'm also curious about their lives, what's going on with their pets, their spouses, their intermediate families, remain curious about them. And uh, we always try to share a little bit. How was your weekend? How was your day? Did you see, you know, we take a little time to bond in the morning. We all have something we want to share now and then. Um, but I, I really value that little insight and time with them. So mm -hmm. it's friendly. I mean, we, we're friendly. Um, I don't follow them on Facebook or Instagram. I'm not their best friend, but they share with each other. And what I've noticed over the years is former employees will now hang out with employees and they've kind mm -hmm. of created friendships from that. And that, that means a lot to me that they would uh, remain friends or had made a friend at, at our workplace. So That's great. we try to keep it very, very friendly and hospitable and, and lighthearted. But then also when it's time to get to work, we can focus and block our time and really hunker down and get it done. Right. Oh, you just said one of Gail's favorite phrases, blocking time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifesaver. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so um, I had worked in a firm where we did that and had forgotten about it until Gail raced it again. And, you know, as an owner of a business and you're, you're just running from, I mean, designers have the most interesting job in the world from dealing with, a bolt on a table that's missing in China or somewhere between here and China to, you know, flower arrangement, you're scattered so many places. And I remember I came in and said, look, I need to block my time. And the eyes popped open and they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I'm going to work for two hours undisturbed. I don't want anybody talking to me. I can't take a phone call. And in that two hours, I pulled an entire house and come back and sat down with my designer and said, okay, this is what we need to write up. And after that, they're like, whoa. That is awesome. And I said, that's what block time does. Creative flow. One of the workshops I did with you guys was um, about um, doing your passion and creativity. And we talk about creative flow triggers. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really, that really resonated with me to get into your flow state. Because that's really where I feel valued. And that's really where the creative comes out and where I feel tapped into my intentions and my, my creative side. So. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about you, Cody, and this just comes out and you say little things here and there, is just how much you are spiritually connected to other people and to yourself mm -hmm. and to the work that you do, which I think is one of the keys for your success. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think yeah. you, can, you can accomplish as much in life without having that connection. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that, Gail. Um, spirituality is a big part of who I am. And doing things, I want to do them with, with full intention, with full um, intensity that I can. And to really connect with people, I, I truly believe it is about relationships and getting connected with others on some level. And we're all similar. We're not disconnected. Mm -hmm. And we all have something to teach and to learn from each other. What do you do on a daily basis to just stay spiritually connected um, for yourself? You know, is that through meditation or prayer or, you know, a morning walk? Yeah, 
I'm working on the meditation thing. My attention span <laughs> isn't long <laughs> enough to meditate very long, but it is um, the morning miracle really was a game changer that Gail suggested. And prior, I didn't really read books. I listened to them here and there, but um, and I keep saying since the VIP and meeting you guys, it really did change my life into start reading books. And I've got apps that help me. One of them is called Headway. And it just summarizes the books that I wouldn't normally sit down and read and gets the main idea out. Um, I like Dr. Wayne Dreyer. I think he has mm-hmm. some really great stuff. The Power of Intention really was a pivotal point for me, um, tapping into that spirituality. And when he talks about the seven phases of creativity and what that means, you know, that involves creativity, kindness, love, beauty, all the things that really resonated with designers and designing and who I was as a person. So I really, I really focused on that intersection of beauty and God and nature and love and kindness. And that's really what keeps me going. Because I see that in every person I meet. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something they're great at, a gift to learn. And I think that's important to kind of seek that out. I know that one of the things that I've always enjoyed about you is your sense of humor and, you know, and also your abundance um, outlook on life. And so you always bring a lot of fun to the table. And is that just something that comes naturally to you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, mom. (laughs) My mom was very witty, very funny, um, loved to connect with people. So it is a natural thing that we do in my family. But it also more than that, I think it, it helps endure me to people and, and them to me. Mm-hmm. I like connecting through humor. It lightens the room. We have so many serious things going on in the world right now. We need to laugh a lot at ourselves with others. Um, I think that the world would be a lot better place if we could just kind of laugh at some of the situations we're in right now. I know. If I could tell you all these different cat videos that Gail shows me, she's <laughs> usually is. I'm, I come on Zoom and she's scrolling and she's like, look at this one. <laughs> and we have a couple of roaring laughs and, and then yeah. get to work. Uh, yeah, well, we can't great. have Cody on every morning morning to talk to it, then at least I have this <laughs> video. <laughs> well, and I know when it gets serious with clients, because we all get in that position, I do try to use humor to kind of, bring it back to, um, to perspective, right? I went into design. I was pre-med before. And I know it's so interesting listening to your podcast and see where designers come from and where they start, where they end. And people know I'm, I came through the educational system of being an educated designer. But I love hearing other people's story, how they came into design, what they do, what they think it is. And I'm going to sound like a little bit of a snob right now, but I do believe interior designer is like the epitome of living. Like we do science, we have art, we have business, we do politics. We, we wrap this all up in, a, in an art form of living well. And it is really a higher perspective or view of life. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that um, sometimes that humor, it could get really serious, you know, with, with people mm-hmm. when you're talking about things, but humor can really bring that right in perspective that look, we're just a bunch of humans doing the best we can with what we've got. We're going to make it. 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> designers will just make it more beautiful. So what are some <laughs> of the ways that you like, do you have an example of how you've used humor to kind of lighten the room when a, a client has become difficult or it's gotten tense? Um, I would say, yes, there was a, a situation where I, I can't remember. I think it was a light fixture. A client was really having a meltdown over it was the wrong height or something was going on. And I'm looking at it with her and I could see her escalating. The conversation was hot. And I just looked at her and I said, look, I'm a middle-aged man in a dead end career doing the best I can. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me and I said, that's it. That's what you got to work with. So then we just both bust up laughing about the situation. I said, look, I'll, we'll see what we can do about your light fixture. Right. (laughs) It's, uh, and again, I remind them, I didn't go into medicine because it's so serious. I'm in design to have fun, to connect with people, to work with beautiful things and bring beautiful things to their life. And as every designer know, that is not pretty. Like the light fixture is going to come in wrong. The cabinet finish is going to be off. The chip on the lake, all those things we have to deal with. If we focus on that, we're going to be the most miserable human beings out there. But don't lose sight of the big picture. The big picture is very beautiful and we elevate people's lives. And Gail, I have stolen this. I stole this um, cliche from you to transform, not a transaction. And Mm -hmm. I really believe that with people and clients, even I've used it on the clients. Mm -hmm. I'm going to transform this person and it's not a transaction. So when we get into the transaction stuff, quickly pull it back over to the transformation and, you know, light fixture height. Okay, let's, let's talk about this room and the, not to shift the conversation, but let's get the overall view so we're not in the trench on every little issue. Mm-hmm. I love that. And thank you for sharing that, because to me, that is really important for people to get that. So talk about what inspires you. It could be about design. It could be a person. What is it that inspires you? When I think about this question, There's a lot that inspires me. Um, So I'd start at the beginning, my family. I came from a family, I come from a family of very hardworking people who are also artistic. And that was a blessing. My dad's family are very good with their hands. My dad is a general contractor, but he is really a talented artist. And all of his brothers and sisters paint and do beautiful things. My grandparents were into jewelry making. Um, in the retirement, they did that forever. My grandma on my mom's side was very handy at sewing and crafts and any, she could put her mind to anything and raise a garden. And I was raised in this wonderful environment of, was on a ranch in rural Utah where, you know, blue skies, we ran around, we were surrounded by family and I was really allowed to explore and be curious about the world. So that, that remains to me to this day an inspiration, my family. My family also had to go through some difficult things personally with, you know, death and losing people and just normal life things, but we've hung together. I'm really close with all my siblings and my, my mom passed, but my dad and his new wife, my stepmom, and you know, it, you learn how to love and to grow together through those things. So I have that family component that I draw a lot of inspiration from hand in hand with that is nature. I love to go out to the mountains. I, I could never decide where I wanted to live. So my ideal is a beach something and a mountain something mm-hmm. because I just love the quake and aspen when they turn in the fall and the wind, when the wind blows through the leaves and the smell of willow and just all those things and the colors and 
you know, nobody does it better than Mother Nature. When we really look at flowers or trees or any of these things for design, the symmetry and the color and the depth and the scale and texture, it's all there. So that remains a huge inspiration to me. And lastly, I would say travel. Uh, as I've become older and been able to travel financially and discovering Europe and other parts of the world, it really does this adds this layer of appreciation and understanding that I don't think you would get otherwise perspective to see that other cultures and people live beautifully and in their own way. And it's not our way. It's different than I was raised, but they do it just fine and they do it well. And it's so interesting for me to see their art and their dwellings and how they go to work and how they commute and how they associate. Um, So travel has become a really big source of inspiration for me. Mm. So you recently went to Paris, right? I did. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. What did you discover in Paris? So I'm since this is a podcast, I guess I get to reveal all. Um, for my 50th <laughs> birthday, I decided I wanted to be in Paris and see if I could do the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower in the same day. And I did it. Wow. wow. So we got up super early. And I, Aaron, I cannot describe the feeling walking into the Louvre the grounds, the history. And there she stood just solid. And just, I just took a minute and I I became emotional, just absorbing how this culture has lived in high art for so long. And it is part of their soul, their being, and it's not pretentious, it's approachable. And then seeing IMP's pyramid in the center and how they've embraced modern with the old and they're still alive, and everybody loves the Louvre, and everybody seemed to be happy, and it just was this magical time for me. And then just to walk through the halls, and one thing after another that I've seen in books, I mean, books are great, don't get me wrong, but seeing it in person Mm. really speaks to your soul. When you see color with your own eyes, and feel it in your heart, and see their brush strokes, and their carve marks, it just comes alive. Did you go to Napoleon's um, apartment? Uh, I did not make it to Napoleon's ah. anything. So Paris is so <laughs> big. Um, I kind of um, bookmarked that for another trip. Absolutely. It is so fascinating. And of course, Versailles is a wonderful place to go. There's so many great museums. And it's a place that Erin and I have talked about it. It would be so much fun for her to go with me sometime. Uh, I love Paris. It's a great place. Well, Maybe we should suggest a retreat there. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the mu- yeah. Yeah. I can't help but mention Musée d'Orsay was as equally moving. Um, right now, there's an Art Nouveau uh, display there that is furniture and art and jewelry that is just amazing. That is a, um, a period of our history with design that I don't think was fully developed because it was interrupted by war. And it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful genre of style. But really, the height of Art Nouveau is displayed at the Musée d'Orsay on the second level right now. And it's just wonderful. Mm, Sounds great. I am really wanting to go back to Europe. It's been too many years since I've been there. So what is it that you want to accomplish, let's say, for five years and then maybe 10 years? What are the big things that are on your list? Um, Big things on my list are to continue to grow my company now that I understand how to grow and scale. So that's definitely on the five-year list. And then I'm also looking for people to mentor in the industry. 
mm-hmm. um, and to give back a little bit to our profession. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many benefits of being collaborative versus competitive mm-hmm. um, in our industry that, you know, I feel like it, I have a lot to share that I've learned a lot and that I would like to start to cultivate, you know, that part of my career. A new coach. <laughs> we you know, that's what I was coach. thinking. I'm like, well, we <laughs> I, I would love you. it. I, I would love it. I, I mean, I loved going to university and the, the learning session. And I would just say for anybody that's listening to this, you know, I, I got to a point where I plateaued. I had clients, I was making money. I bought the car, uh, you know, I have the house. I'm like, what else? There's got to be more. I mean, it's how do we grow this to be a little bit more? And that's when, you know, I reached out and found Gal and Aaron. And it really does help you get to that next step. So it is about learning. It's guys, it's about continuing to learn and be curious and to reach out and, and, and get those resources you need to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, we still go, we get coaching. We do not even hesitate. I'm constantly looking for the next coach I want to work with because there are things that we want to learn and I want the shortcuts. I don't have 20 years to do that. <laughs> I don't want to take my, my 20 brain. years to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much it better to do it the short way. It is. It's interesting because um, I have some people question the process or whatever, something I brought up. You know, so one of my answers is, well, I, I hired a professional coach. We evaluated my business and this is the most effective way for me to do this process. And you guys will be so surprised how many people, I, I don't care if it's the plumber or the general contractor go, can I get their name? Uh, <laughs> I, do so they funny. coach plumbers? Do they coach, do they coach uh, general contractors? And I'm like, sure. My painter wanted to figure out his process because a lot of us do spend time, you know, as we've, we've said, and, and other people have heard a lot, you know, they don't teach you the art of business mm-hmm. and, and education does have its place and purpose. But we really have this missing piece of really reading your numbers, getting your head around your process, and then implementing that. And that will save so much time and heartache. And you can learn by the school of hard knocks, you know, but it is hard knocks. And it's expensive. Oh, not just in money. It's expensive in time, emotion, Mm -hmm. relations. I mean, it's all all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what's so fun. And I think that's one of the things I love about what we do is we every few months we're improving what we're teaching because we know if we can learn something from our clients and build that into the whole process, that it's going to be better for everybody. And what's really fun is to make it a tighter and tighter framework so that people can learn faster and get to that result that they're really wanting in a short period of time. Right. And I think two, two little takeaways from that, Gail, was one of them, you talk about the why. Mm-hmm. And I've always made it a point now to tell my clients or contractors the why. Mm-hmm. Why do the specs? Why it takes so long? Get right, get to right to the why. I agree with you on the why. I, the why is so critically important. And understanding the why and explaining that first engages everyone. And it also avoids a lot of problems because a lot of people don't understand that that is the first thing that people need to hear in order to process the rest of what you have to share. Yeah. The other thing is um, the expectations, mm-hmm. right? And, and we've done a really good job saying, well, what was your expectation or what is your expectation up front of mm-hmm. how we should work together? Kind of get that out of the way. And then if a client does call in, 
with a hot question, <laughs> with a complaint. We say, well, now what was your expectation? And we talk about what did it match reality? Did it match the job, you know, the description that we wrote, the scope? And we remind them where the differences are. And those are the two little tidbits that I learned is, you know, keeping the why out there and then setting up the expectations so mm-hmm. that you can either agree or disagree and match those. And that helps business go so much better in the communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expectation setting is something that is a problem for most people. And I don't think they address it early enough in the relationship with a client. And that leads to things going the wrong direction very quickly. I think that with that too, like a lot of times, if you don't set the expectation, then someone like myself, like I have very high expectations of people, unless my expectation is already set with you. And so then I'll just end up being disappointed all the time because we haven't had that conversation. Right. And to wrap this just one level deeper, one of my biggest ahas was, oh my gosh, Gail and Aaron are telling me to do what I do for my clients. I need to set my expectations. I need to sit down with my employees and do expectations. Mm -hmm. I need to tell them the why, right? So this Mm -hmm. isn't just about us as designers and our relationships with clients. It's about me as a designer and my relationship with everybody else and setting that up correctly and taking the time to really detail out what, how it should go. We are in control, but we don't spend the time on the most important part, which is our own house. Mm Absolutely. Well, and I think you're, you brought up a really good point that a lot of this comes down to who you are as a person and wh- how you live your life, because you are, your business is a reflection of you. And it also is a reflection of how far you've grown and your ability to manage the world <laughs> around us, because it's, it's constantly challenging us to figure out different ways to approach the problems that we address. So good for you. And I love that you are so open to, to the growing part and also to the connection to the people that you're serving. Yeah. And the connection is everything, but also the people that you become connected in, in boardroom and the other groups becomes a very important part of your growth and carrying yourself and your business forward. For sure. Well, I, I know that you certainly had a lot of fun with a few of the members. Yeah, are, <laughs> we have. Funny. We have we've, we've had a lot of fun. And it's interesting, mm-hmm. even today on our Slack channel, um, people reach out and we, we have great conversations going on there. And it, mm-hmm. it, does, it really helps you professionally develop those relationships that you need, I need to grow and to ask questions and to feel like I'm part of a bigger peer group that gets me and understands you know, the challenges and opportunities we have before us. Mm. Isn't it great to have someone that challenges your thinking and makes you really like question yourself and what you're doing, Mm. right? You guys are the only ones out there doing this at this level. And it's so great to be part of that community out there. I love our community. I think we have some of the most amazing people. And um, every day, I'm so grateful for that because we get to choose who's in our community as well. And yeah. We're, yeah, we're not a fit for everybody, but we love working with people like you that are open to growing. Yeah, well, and that's the, that's the bottom line if they're open to growing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I realize some people are stuck in a certain area and that's okay. That's where they need to be. But I do see the ones that are the opposite of that, that are growing and catching on and 
you know, keep coming back and growing together. Gail, I can't tell you much. I believe in you. I believe in what you do. And Aaron, you're beautiful people. You've changed my life and I will never forget it. And I will tell everybody, I've got your back. I love you. I love what you do. And I just tell everybody it's, it's great. They, everybody would benefit if they could just get slow down and hear what you're saying. I tell them, even if you go on for a day, spend an hour in one of those things, you'll be a better designer, a better person. You are such a sweetheart. So, no, I mean it though. Yeah. It's not just me being nice. It's the truth. Well, we appreciate that so much. Yeah. You do yeah. not know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I have an idea. It's not easy. You know, it's it, it, running in a business is not easy. And if we focus on all those little fall apart things and we lose the vision. Yeah. And that's, and you taught me that I have to have the vision at the top to say, no, yeah, it's not perfect. No install. Nothing's perfect. But if we keep the vision and we keep talking it up and and keep our intentions where they, where we know they're going to make a difference, then they will. But if we abandon ship and listen to all the other stuff, then it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. it can get sidetracked. Absolutely. So, yeah. Designers have a different brain. We feel a little deeper, I think, and we think deeper. We're a little more emotional about it. And so when someone rejects us, it's a deep rejection. It's not just a, so what, go on. You know, and, and you do need those language. You need someone that understands that and listens to you and go, I've been there. I, I know what it's like to have a client go to Pottery Barn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or heaven forbid, restoration hardware. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I have to fire one this afternoon. That, oh, no. You know, no, no, it's not. It's not a no, no anymore. You know, it's just complain, complain, complain. And there's no gratitude. And Natalie called me and I said, look, that's it. I'm writing a letter this afternoon. <laughs> And we all feel great about it. It's not that we're gloating. We're just like, no, I'm sorry. You're not a fit. You're not bringing positive and, and good energy. It's never going to be good energy. And it's not our problem. It's there. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your life right now. Like what's going on? What's going to keep us current with Cody? Uh, what's going on right now? So uh, in the office, we just signed a new lease for a space downtown Salt Lake City. We're very excited about that. So. It's a blank shell, which I've never had before. So we're really looking at how we want to design that. And the team is part of that, which is exciting for me not to have to do it all, but to also get their input Mm -hmm. on how open or closed they want their office, how we want to present to clients. Do we have a little showroom space? So that's kind of fun. So that'll be happening in the next four to six months of final moving out. And let's see, we brought on a new drafts person that can do architecture So we could do home plans and landscape architecture design, which is exciting for us to grow and do. Um, So yeah, professionally, that's what's going on. Personally, we're uh, planning for a side yard and doing some landscape projects. There's always something at the house going on. So uh, my husband and I, we love to host Oktoberfest every October. So we just finished our third annual and we'll be hosting for So we're going to create an area beer garden for that in our yard. We're excited about it. costumes (laughs) costumes <laughs> later hosen <laughs> yes okay. yeah later hosen we I'd love later to see hosen. a picture <laughs> um, it, oh, we'll, we'll get you one it's fun because uh, other people bring theirs and wear them and it's fun yeah mm, I love it sounds great 
Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on our podcast, Cody. And as, as always, we enjoy you. We enjoy your personality and your humor. And thank you so much for being a part of this. It's been my pleasure. Delight to be with you both again. And I wish everybody out there good luck and, and everything they're doing. Keep it going. <laughs> thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to get in touch with Cody, please visit www.codybeal.com and follow Cody on Instagram at Cody Beal Interiors. Next week, Gail and I are joined by one of our boardroom groups for a few laughs as we all share some of our favorite stories from interior design projects and clients. See you then. Mm-hmm.